you just like jab? And you always act innocent, like I'm the jabber. I am. But, but no, no, you're a jabberwocky as much as I'm a jabberwocky. Uh, no, I am here representing the people, trying to Rep- trying to chop the, the beast of Bob Galen down. Keep, keep the ego in check. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what um, I live for. So, what's the topic, Josh? What? Hold on. We're back to welcome to the Metacast. Today's topic, oh. Robert, is trust. I feel like you should be more confident with saying the word trust. So, so trust. So, Metacast is trust, and we're going to we're going to directionally target it to trust. So, this is going to be leader to organization, or leader to team, or leader to individual trust. So this is, for lack of a better word, downward trust. Uh, So what does that look like? What are some of the attributes of that trust? What does it do? Uh, How to make it happen if it doesn't. How to make it happen? Uh, What does antitrust look like? Oh, man, I should be a business lawyer. Yeah. What does an antitrust and what does pro-trust look like? Um, and then one of the things, Metacasters, I shared with Josh that we were talking about is uh, Stephen M. R. Covey, uh, who is, if you've ever heard of Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, fame. Uh, he wrote that book. High, highly recommended. We might even do a, a little dive into that in the future. His son, Stephen M. R. Covey, wrote this book called The Speed of Trust. And it has 13, it talks about 13 behaviors that foster and increase trust. Mm. And, and the def and and sort of the the focus of this is exactly his his point of view is leadership largely is leadership driven trust. So leaders need to do these things in order to engender. Did you like that, Josh? Yeah. Engender Big trust. Yeah. Big words. So which which one from that list do you want to? Why don't we Why don't we just mosey about that list, Josh? What would you? Oh, okay. Is, uh, is it, well, I mean, any of those. The when I see leaders in situations and they recognize that there's a lack of trust, what I don't see enough of is that leader trying to make trust a reality. It's like, oh, it's just going to take time. We got to do this. Whereas I believe you can attack this problem. There are things you can do, and we're going to talk about those where. You, you shouldn't let it just happen and cross your fingers and hope it becomes what you want. We've talked about that similarly to uh, culture, which a healthy culture is based pretty heavily in trust. So don't sit around and wait for this to shake out the way you like it for a couple of reasons. One, you might not, not like it might end up different than what you would hope. Two, people might leave just because that, feeling of distrust is there. So why stick around? So you're really, um, you are really playing a game there that you probably shouldn't play. Not probably. You just shouldn't play that game. So get in there, get active and try and fix the problem. Otherwise bad things are going to happen and you're going to know it's why, but you haven't taken action against it. So I'm going to agree sort of disagree add on so it's yes and to what josh said so to me the way i i heard him it's be proactive uh but 
but I don't think the disagreement part for me is I don't I don't think you should focus on trust, Metacasters as leaders. So trust is not the goal. Uh, building a trustful environment is the goal. So what builds trust? Your behaviors, how you show up builds trust. So if you go walk in, if you walk into your environment with a trust me, I'm your boss shirt on, right? And then the next day, trust me more, I'm your boss. That's not going to do anything, right? So it's the behaviors. Uh, so I'll I'll get I'll kick off with one behavior is be a straight talker, be a straight shooter, uh, say what you mean, mean what you say, uh, s- stick to your agreements. If you tell someone you're going to give them a 5% raise, give them a 5% raise or, or over deliver. If you walk up a week later and say, oh, you know what? I overspoke. Oh, darn it. You know what, Josh, that CFO guy, he cut, he cut my knees out from underneath me. So it's his fault. Uh, you're only going to get a 1.5% raise. You just you just undermine trust in in that individual, but also in anyone around them. Uh, so so the proximity is going to not just potentially be that individual. So be a straight talker. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Hold yourself accountable. So words matter. Talk matter. And and try to be clear. Part of straight talking. Uh, sometimes managers or leaders have managed what I call management speak. It's mm-hmm. like management management buzzword bingo, right? And at the end of a you know conversation, people will walk away like, what the hell was Bob saying? Well, Josh walks away from me that way all the time. So what was he saying? So, so try to keep it simple, right? So, simple, on target, mean what you say, say what you mean. That should be your behavior. That's how you show up. If you do that well, that will build trust. One of my, like the one that struck me from this list was writing wrongs and that that really plays into what Bob just talked about, where there are going to be issues when you step into a role where now you need to establish trust and you've been brought in, whether you're promoted, hired, whatever it is to come in and make things better. So you need to actually do that. And that shows a couple of things. Number one, you're listening to your team and you're creating that healthy dialogue where you're showing them, it's okay. In fact, it's encouraged to bring problems to you and then working through how to, how to solve that problem. But just like Bob said, you got to go do it. You have to actually make that happen. And so there've been a lot of times where there were like longstanding issues for teams that I joined. And one of the first things I did was like, okay, we're going to go fix that. Like right now, one of them, a really simple one, a really simple one was I was working for a small startup. We were doing mobile way back in the day and we were in a retro and we were talking about how we're trying to get away from this feeling of, well, it kind of is what it is, you know, like we can't make this better. And one of the devs like looked at me, he's like, you know what? There's a sign in our like little kitchen area that says it is what it is. And it's like, we're just perpetuating it with that, with that sign. So I got up, walked straight into the kitchen, took the sign down and set it in front of the table. I'm like, there it's done. It's gone. And just that little thing 
show that I was in with them. I heard them. I understand the little frustrations they have along the way. And that sign doesn't need to be there. If it's affecting the way that we think, let's just get it down. So just simple things like that can go a long way. You don't have to revolutionize the way you're working or who knows what, but like just simple, basic things really make a difference. Do you remember, Josh, I forget, I was working with you, maybe visiting um, the dude and we were, I remember we were in that shared space mm-hmm. and you and I had a flip chart, something that we signed. Do you remember the context of that? Yeah, uh, yeah. we we uh, were doing a PSI or PI planning based off of the way SAFE works and it was our first one. So I brought Bob in to just kind of help us work through it, have this third party that was just kind of coaching us through the process. And even with that, the devs were really nervous that they were going to be held to these dates because we're asking them to yeah. forecast like the next six sprints. And they got really nervous about sprints five and six. And like, well, like we're kind of sure that's how it's going to shake out, but we aren't really sure. So they were terrified about being held held to those dates. And we ended up taking one of those large sticky things you know that's like a like a poster size and writing on it that uh these forecasts are not a blood oath and we signed it and that stayed up as long as i was there potentially longer just as a reminder of what this is about and our willingness to step up and say hey anybody that tries to weaponize this data against us i'm going to take care of it and so that got people over the hump to where they were like, okay, I'm willing to give this a shot and we're going to trust that we're going to be okay. And let's make it happen. I mean, off this list that strikes me, Josh, that example, that story, like creating transparency is part of that. Uh, writing wrongs maybe would be part of that. Uh, but clarifying expectations, what are our expectations and, and putting it up there in front Metacasters that changed the entire that reframed the entire discussion. That so that that was that was not contrived. That may sound silly. It it was actually impactful. And Josh and I didn't sign it because I mean Josh was responsible, so I was just visiting. <laughs> but but Josh didn't you know he didn't flippantly sign it. He meant it. He was that was a commitment uh, between him and the team, and it made a huge difference. So I I think that was engendering trust uh listening to the team i think is so so sometimes we think of trust behaviors as being an active behavior like i'm doing something i'm giving you something i'm signing a flip chart but i also think of just being a good listener engenders trust like asking you know that powerful listening that note of that notion of active listening or passive listening like if Josh and I are having a conversation and I'm clarifying things with him, he's getting a sense that I care. He's getting a sense. So he's starting to sort of trust me, right? Bob gives gives a patoot about me. Bob is in, in Bob is listening to me, not just listening. He's trying to drill in to understand me. What you know, what am I saying? What the impact to me is. So I think Josh was talking earlier, I don't know if we were recording or not, about he sets up all the technology for the Metacast and all I do is show up and flap my gums. Uh, and there's there's a grain, there's a nugget of truth to that. Uh, 
and and I actually to be to be vulnerable, I'm aware that I talk a lot. Sometimes it's appropriate, and I'm working on listening. And it's not just shutting up; it's really actively listening to people, like leaning into people in a virtual environment, leaning in. Tell me more about that, and making eye contact in in person or whatever. And and that really makes a huge difference. And then playing it back to them. So I think that's a part of I'm listening to understand. I'm seeking to understand before I'm seeking to flap my gums. Uh, but what's happening on the back backside of that is trust can be increasing. Conversely, if you're not listening, right? If you're listening to talk, then then I think you're you're underbuilding, right? You're undermining trust to some degree, or you're neutralizing it, right? You, you, at the very least, you're not building it. Josh, sorry, I zoned other? out. I I don't know where we're at. You weren't listening. <laughs> Damn it! No. I know. I was waiting. I, that I was waiting for my opportunity to drop that in. Uh, there's something that you talked about that I really want to emphasize is clarifying expectations. There are way too many places where expectations are unclear in a bunch of directions about what's our what's our level of quality that we accept before we ship something just like basic things of definition of done where it's clearly stated this is what done looks like for us even worse is expectations for roles so there's so many places that have all these different labels and tiers of engineers and things like that and it's very unclear what the difference is between those roles. So someone that is aspiring to get a promotion into the next level, it's, it's hard for them to figure out what are the boxes I need to check to prove that I'm operating at that level. And so many leaders fail their teams in not providing that clarity and working with those folks and reminding of the expectations or explaining the expectations to enable that person to, to learn and grow in the ways they're needed for them to be able to execute at whatever that next level is. And that's really frustrating for people because people, people want to do good things. They want more responsibility. They, they just want to grow and it's hard to know where you should grow. Like that, like that's the problem is like, what the heck do I need to do to, cause I feel like I'm operating like that, but I'm not, but I'm not there. Like, what am I doing? And too many leaders fail their teams by not having complete clarity there. I think part of it is a cop-out Josh, where, you know, sometimes like we talk about systems or today there's ambiguity, there's inherent ambiguity in the market, you know, what to build, et cetera. So we, we bring that amp, that external ambiguity down and say, oh, and and we don't know what the expectations are. Well, what's ha- what I think might be happening there is if we, if we have ambiguity, then we don't have to meet them, right? So the clearer we are, like if I tell you, if you do these three things, Josh, I'm going to promote you, guess what? <laughs> if, if you do those three things, I better step up to the plate and promote you. But if there's ambiguity, oh, you know, I really didn't mean three. Uh, cause Josh, the CTO changed his mind or, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell you, Josh, there was, we added two more, et cetera. And it's, so it allows me to waffle and that, that undermines trust. 
So, so clarity, expectation, clarity, it may be difficult to hit. Well, hit it, damn it. Like mm-hmm. be, be a leader and hit that. And if you're not, you don't expect your team to trust you. Or to stay. I, I, or to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was going to bring up show loyalty, Josh. I think this is something that's hard, but important. I've always felt that my first loyalty is to my team. Um, but in an organization, as a leader, the, the, everyone expects my first loyalty to be to the organization. And, it, and it's a fine line to walk. But I think your team needs to know that you have their back. The, te- the team needs to know that you care for them. I have your back and I'm loyal to you. And when push comes to shove, I mean, I, I, I have a line to run to support the business, right? So if the business says we have to have layoffs, there's no way that I can not, right? I have to support that in some way if, if that's what's going on. But they, the team needs to know that I fought for it. I fought for them. I, I expressed value, et cetera. So I think there's this loyalty thing. Uh, and there's a balancing act, but you have to skew as often as possible towards your team. And it's not just in your head, it's talking about it with the team, like expressing it in daily interactions, right? I got your back. Oh, we can't hit that date. Damn it, I'm willing to go up the chain and push back. Tell me more. Listen, I got your, you know, not not push back on the team. Oh my God, we're, we can't tell anyone that. You're gonna have to suck it up. No, express that loyalty to the team. I think that moves the trustometer, either depending on how you play it, up or down. What do you, but it's a fine line, Josh. It is. It is. And there's times where that loyalty doesn't feel loyal. You know, where 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 you're really trying to get the team to grow in a specific direction and it and it's uncomfortable for some members of the team and they feel like you're pushing them too hard or you're asking too much or things like that. And there's times where it's hard being that leader and really creating the growth that's necessary within either a member of the team or the entire team, because you know, there's more that they can do. They just haven't had the opportunity to go down that path and realize, Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do this. This isn't as hard as I thought. So part of your loyalty isn't just like always patting them on the back, but challenging them at times of, Hey, I'm here for you. I am here to do the hard things to help us become who we want to be, who we aspire to, to be. And with that, one of the things that I found is um, something that is an extension of trust, which is the last item that's on this list, is when there's a big, hard, scary problem, give it to the team and yeah. let them take a swing at it. Don't don't hide it with an architect. Don't say, oh, I'm going to go figure this out and come back to you or, oh, hey, I'm going to go talk to some peers, blah, blah, blah. Like, put it on the table and say, we have this fundamental issue and I'm not quite sure how the heck we can solve it yet, but I'm pretty darn sure that with the brains in this room, we can, we can come up with something. And that has endeared trust from folks because it's like, okay, the chips are down and Josh trusts me enough to bring me into the loop to help figure out this thing that just seems impossible. 
I, I want to add, I want to go back to loyalty for just a second. Uh, don't be two-faced. I see a lot of leaders. Okay, so I I put on a, a loyalty persona to my team, but then behind closed doors, I slam my team, right? Oh, I fully support you. And then I talk to the leadership team. Oh, they're sandbagging us. I, I need to push them harder, et cetera. So you have to be genuine with that loyalty. Uh, it's really hard to, that's, that's an impossible balancing act if you're, you're playing the two-faced thing. And, and eventually the team will sense that. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably in all of these things. It's you, whatever stance you take, you have to firmly take it. I do see a lot of leaders who waffle like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't maybe do it as extremely as I said, but they're waffling. Us, you and I, I think last week or so, at one point, Josh, in the last couple of weeks, we talked about Scrum Masters. I encounter a lot. I was just sharing something. I encounter a lot of Scrum Masters. I do a lot of Scrum Master presentations. And Scrum Masters talk about you know, their teams and motivating their teams and things like that, or what jobs they have to do. But then behind closed doors, if you will, or when they're not in their team, they're complaining about their teams. So, so it's like they're two-faced and Mm -hmm. you don't, and, and, and I wonder, actually, I don't wonder, this two-facedness is going to impact the team. The teams are going to sense that they're going to, they're not going to trust you. They're going to get a sense. So uh, don't be two-faced. Yep. Uh, now you you can have a big face like or a big head and a big face, but don't be two faced. <laughs> One final thing I want to build. Maybe I think we're running out of time. Uh, I want to get into the extend trust, mm-hmm. and and the point the way I think of trust is we're giving it to a team, or we're giving it to an individual. There's always a point to me. I, I teach this in a le- in leadership workshops where I think there's comfortable extension of trust delegation to me is an extension of trust, right? Uh, there's a point where I'm giving, I'm, I'm delegating to Josh, maybe the technical coordination of the Metacast. But there's some point where, you know what, as I extend to Josh, there's a point where, I'm, you know, I don't know if I trust him. Will he do it my way? Will he use a tool that I'm comfortable with? So I, so I reserve the trust. What Covey is talking about here is this notion of extending trust until it hurts. Extend to your comfort zone and then extend some more. If you're uh, an architect on your team, you give them some ideas, uh, some of your ideas, and then you say, let me know. Do do you understand the vision I have for this? Cool. Josh, you're the architect. Go make it so. And you pivot and let me know, Josh, if you need my help or you need guidance. But otherwise, baby, you got it. Go make it so. And I just pivot and I let Josh alone. Right, if he needs help, etc. Now, in my head, I've had a history with Josh, and he's screwed me a few times. Right, not that you know he's he's implemented poor things, or he's implemented things not the way I would. So, in my head, I really don't trust him. But I'm extending it to the point, and I'm sort of fake, not fake it till I make it, but I'm extending to what hurts, and and I'm really stretching my trust model. That's what Covey's talking about. Extend it till it hurts. Give it, and and don't have a fake, right? So if I did that to Josh, but then I circle around him, Josh, how's it going? How's it going? Can you tell me what you're doing? So if I start hovering around him, 
like every day asking him a hundred questions. Clearly my behavior says, I don't trust you. So I extended trust. So my, my ongoing behavior has to align with that, that trust. What I found is teams delight me when I do that, right? Mo like 90% of the time. Sure, there's a 10%, but it's, it's really extending it. One final point, Josh, weigh in on this. Is trust but verify a trust model? Uh, no, because that's what you just talked about, where you asked me to do a thing, but you were worried that I wasn't going to do it the way you wanted to do it, even though the way you wanted to do it is wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the sad. It is wrong. Uh, Trust it, me, folks. Yeah. And listen, it is like Bob is right. It is scary. It is, you know, it. it's like your kids are outside playing and you trust them and they're and they're gonna play i don't know what they're gonna play with nerf guns and you're nervous and so you stay inside and you see something bad happening or you're worried something bad is going to happen do you burst through the door and try and stop it or do you let them do their thing stumble a little bit and pick themselves up because you know, they're, they're smarter than you think. And your teams are better than you think. You just haven't enabled them to operate in that manner where they can really show you what they have. But I understand yep. it is terrifying because maybe it's something you've always had a hand on. And so it's always been good. It's always been easy, but now it's time to let it go. And that's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And you cannot do the trust, but verify thing that Bob, talked about where he was going to hover you know he's he's trying to verify every day as he hovers and looks over my shoulder to see if i'm doing it right you know so that that is 100 uh, not trusting all right medicasters we're going to stick a fork in it yeah yeah we're a little over time but we're getting better yes so from beautiful downtown Cary, north carolina and beautiful downtown fuquay verena north carolina trust me I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.